This is HPR episode 2980 for Friday the 3rd of January 2020. Today's show is entitled Floss Weekly 553 featuring Hacker Public Radio. It's part of the series interviews and it's submitted by Ken Fallon and is about 67 minutes long. It carries a clean flag. The summary is Randall Schwartz and Aram Newcomb feature HPR on Floss Week. Today's show is licensed under a CC by NCND license. This was the show that Kevin and myself were interviewed on for uh, Floss Weekly, and we're reproducing it here under permission. Creative it's released in its entirety without. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hi, this is Randall Schwartz, host of Floss Weekly. This week, Aaron Newcomb joins me. We're going to be talking about Hacker Public Radio. They release five episodes a week of all sorts of things. You're not going to want to miss this, so stay tuned. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Floss Weekly with Randall Schwartz and Aaron Newcomb. Episode 553, recorded October 30th, 2019. Hacker Public Radio. This episode of Floss Weekly is brought to you by Melissa. Bad data happens to good companies. That's why 10,000 businesses count on Melissa for clean, reliable address data. Get started today with 25,000 records cleaned for free at melissa.com slash twit. And by Hover. Use a domain name that truly represents you and your passion. Visit hover.com slash twit to get 10% off of your first purchase for any domain extension for the entire first year. It's time for Floss Weekly, the show about free, libre, open source software. I am your host, Randall Schwartz, Merlin at Stonehenge.com, bringing each week the movers, the shakers, the big projects, little projects, projects you may be uh, using every day and not aware of it, projects you may want to download right after the show, or occasionally a show that's not about either of those kinds of things. Today is one of those. Joining me once again is my lovely and talented co-host, Aaron Newcomb. Aaron, welcome back to the show. Hey, Randall. Good to be here. Right. And uh, you look like you're speaking to us from your uh, wife's uh, makerspace. Uh, Yeah, from my makerspace. But you can only see my wife's half of the room. We've got one of those white lines. (laughs) Remember in the 80s, they used to put the white line. I think there was a Brady Bunch where they put the white line down the room. That's kind of what we do here. Uh, But yeah, this is uh, this is my layer. I've got all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, What can I pull up today? Let's see. What's this? Uh, no, not that one. This one. I think this is it. Yeah, dead test cartridge. So in case anybody uh, is into repairing Commodore 64, 
very handy to have these dead test cartridges, which you can plug in and they'll tell you, give you a little bit of information about what's going on in the system, whether you have bad memory, et cetera. Uh, so it's part of my regular repertoire, as it were, uh, when I fix it, an old Commodore 64. So there you go. You know, I never had a Commodore 64, but I heard a lot of other people have them. I had, uh, I was in the Atari camp, so I had the Atari 800 and 1600, or whatever it was, the 400 and 800. That's, sorry, not 1600. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. that was a lot of fun. The 400 had the little chiclet keyboard that was like, right. you kind of press on the little membranes, and the 800 actually had full stroke keys that was kind of cool. So, uh, yeah. my only And they have all that shielding as well, which is the, the, the interesting thing about them is before the FCC um, relaxed their regulations, they had to put shielding around everything. So if you ever see one of those old computers, you're wondering, why is this thing made out of, you know, lead it looks like it's really not but um uh but they up up until i forget what it was 79 or something like that they they had to put in all the shielding around every single component and atari went to the nth degree to make sure they weren't going to get struck down by the fcc and have to change their product that is something i did not know so uh, you learn something every day right Well, I hope so. Anyway, and I am in my what we call the Tijuana kitchen set because it, I am down in uh, I'm down south of the border in Tijuana and uh, having a good time down here. Um, it's uh, it's interesting because in uh, Mexico they celebrate Halloween like nobody else. I mean, it's amazing. So uh, Halloween Day itself is. Um, uh, uh, not so much except in border towns like uh, Tijuana. But uh, the Day of the Dead, uh, November 2nd, is huge down here. If you've seen the movie Coco, you know that uh, it's very, very, it's very much like that, actually. They, they really are, are, are cool on that. So today we have a couple of very interesting people. We're going to be talking about Hacker Public Radio. Hacker, um, Hacker Public Radio is apparently, although I haven't, I'm sorry, I haven't subscribed to it yet. I should probably not tell my guests that, but I haven't subscribed to it yet. But apparently, five days a week, they put out uh, a, a different topic, and it looks pretty cool. It looks like the list of topics that I saw from the recent uh, weeks. Very cool. So uh, we'll have to talk about the variety of topics, how they get uh, people to contribute to it. We're going to be having Kevin O'Brien and Ken Fallon on in just a few minutes talking about the show. And uh, it'll be uh, it'll be awesome, I'm sure, because you know it's it's funny as podcasters to interview other podcasters. And I, I, I heard some comments back in reverse, which is that you know it's it's going to be weird being the people being interviewed rather than the people doing the interviewing. So it'll be fun. Uh, do you know anything about this, Aaron? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I did open source podcasts. I had a show called The Source that I started in 2006. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I mm-hmm. did a show called Open News. Uh, was around that same time, which was just kind of. And, and I remember around that time seeing, uh, I think it was around that time seeing Hacker Public Radio. Um, and I used to be a big uh, podcast listener. I don't have as much time now, spare time, uh, or audio listening time to dedicate to podcasts as I used to. But um, yeah, I, I definitely know Hacker Public Radio. Um, they've been around for a long time. I, just how long we'll have to ask them and see. Definitely, and. I wish I had more time to listen to podcasts, um, but you know it's like uh, um, 
No, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say I no longer subscribe to, to uh, This Week in Tech just because it's just too long. <laughs> I won't say that at all. Uh, it's just it's just gotten longer and longer every year. So anyway, uh, but before we get into the actual show, I do have an important message because this episode of Floss Weekly is brought to you by the leader in address verification, Melissa. Every address is covered from Adelaide, Australia to Zipakata. Columbia and everywhere in between. We all know there's nothing good about bad data. It costs money, hurts sales, and decreases customer satisfaction. If bad addresses, duplicate records, and bouncing emails are hurting your business, isn't it time to come clean with Melissa? Delta Faucet, Z1 Motorsports, and Car2Go use Melissa. You should too. Delta Faucet was able to improve their call center processes with global address autocompletion. Melissa was able to reduce the fraudulent e-commerce transactions for Z1 Motorsports by 90%. Melissa provides a full spectrum of data quality protection for your customer data. Verify postal addresses, mobile numbers, and email addresses. Update the addresses of customers that have moved and eliminate duplicate records. Gain additional customer insight into your data with Melissa's analytics. Easily build address verification and customer data validation into your custom applications using Melissa's APIs, CRM cloud connectors, and e-commerce plugins, or upload your customer file for a quick data cleanse. Melissa is serious about securely managing your data. They continually undergo independent security audits to reinforce their commitment to data security, privacy, and compliance requirements. SOC2, HIPAA, and GDPR compliant. Mailers spend about $20 billion annually in undeliverable mail. Don't lose customers or cash. Make every address count. Bad data happens to good companies. That's why 10,000 organizations worldwide trust Melissa to get their customer data clean and accurate. Get started today with 25,000 records clean for free at melissa.com slash twit. That's melissa.com slash T-W-I-T, or call 1-800-MELISSA to find out more. And we thank Melissa for their support of Floss Weekly. Let's go ahead and bring on our guests. That would be, uh, uh, oops, I scrolled. (laughs) I scrolled. Darn me. Um, So the the editor just cut this part out. (laughs) Kevin O'Brien, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Randall. It's a pleasure to be here. And, and where are you speaking to us from? Uh, from my home in Ypsilanti, Michigan, which is Michigan. outside of Detroit. Yep. Yep. The, the middle of the uh, United States, somewhere in there anyway. Uh, yes, indeed. We, we are part of the great Midwest. Cool, cool. And uh, Ken Fallon also, welcome to the show. Hi. Nice to, uh, nice to finally meet you. And where are you speaking to us from? I'm calling from uh, Bussum in the Netherlands. It's uh, between oh, cool. Amsterdam and uh, between Amsterdam and Utrecht. And are you currently below sea level? Uh, here, actually, no. Um, but if you go anywhere around us, yes, we are. But then okay, again, we've so been you're... under sea level for longer than the U.S. You, uh, has existed. <laughs> so it's, I think we're okay. So, so, so you're in the safe part of uh, the Netherlands, yes. So I was last in. Uh, I was in Amsterdam about. I think five months ago, hanging out with friends that were there. So it was kind of cool. It was a, it was the beginning and ending of a cruise that I took out of there. So that was kind of fun. Anyway, so let's start with Kevin. Kevin, uh, what's your relationship mm-hmm. to Hacker Public Radio, and uh, and and what's it about? Well, uh, I am a contributor, uh, so my relationship is that I create 
programs and record them, upload them, and they go out on our feed. Um, so I've done a few series. I'm working on a series right now on uh, new social media. Cool. And, and what makes you what makes you motivated to be a podcaster? Well, I, I don't know that podcasting per se is the only motivation, but I used to be a teacher, and I've always had this need to, you know, offer whatever insight I may happen to have about something and and teach people. Uh, so I've done that in writing, in classroom, and now with podcasts. And, and I also have that same sense. I mean, obviously, since I've been doing this show for 13 years, but the <laughs> I know the, the notion the notion that that uh, you you need a place to express your art. You need a place to express a voice in the intention that somebody is going to uh, be motivated, going to be different because of it. Um, and do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. It's it's wonderful when you get feedback from people, uh, and that has happened, um, that, uh, you know, I've been associated with Ohio Linux Fest for a number of years. Uh, in fact, mm -hmm. I met Aaron Newcomb there many years yeah. back. Um, and it, I would be walking down a hallway there, and someone would come up and say, hey, aren't you that guy from Hacker Public Radio that you know, records those shows. And it's like, well, yes, I am. Thank you. <laughs> That's a good feeling. It, it is. It is to get that kind of feedback. I mean, I, I get uh, I get recognized at conferences now as uh, I used to get recognized as being the Pearl book guy or the Pearl mm -hmm. guy in general. And and right. now people are coming up to me in conferences going, you're you're the you're the podcast guy. You're the Floss Weekly guy. So <laughs> I, I definitely appreciate that, that I that I have a new sort of pinnacle that I've uh, managed to cross over to. Um, um, Ken, what's your story? Is it similar? Um, yeah, I kind of uh, got into a free Libre open source software and then I uh, I just wanted to give back a little bit. For me, sometimes it's uh, the people I hang around with don't understand that you've got something that you mean to compile after three days of debugging an issue and then you can record a show and you get get it out of your system so that's that's kind of one of the advantages of hbr i kind of I, I think and how do you design your show well hbr is kind of different to most podcast networks because it's we're actually uh just a wave i know a few weeks ago you had um dan um, Dan and Simon on about OddCamp. So HBR is the podcast equi equivalent of an OddCamp or a BarCamp festival. We don't have any of our own shows. We rely on the people who are listening to us, so the listeners, to submit shows. And the shows can be on any topic, as long as you like, containing any content you like, so long as it's of interest to hackers. And I just in spam, obviously. So if you have uh, just... Uh, come up with a, a cool way to connect Raspberry Pi to something or other, then record a show about it. If you've got uh, some ham interest in ham radio, record a show about it. And uh, that's pretty much what it is. Wow. And how long have you been involved with HBR? Oh, um, I started, um, well, it, 
HPR itself has been going for, well, let me just check here, 14 years, one month and 14 days. So uh, wow. it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. And it actually dates back to, uh, you know, RSS started in 2001. And then in 2002 to 2004, Radio Freak America started. And that's kind of where they, in the last episode there, they mentioned Hacker Public Radio. Um, and then uh, BinRev and Infonomicum started. And when those two shows were kind of... Uh, winding up, they started the thing called at the same time as Twitch started. They started today with a techie, and that ran for a few years. And then we morphed because the name wasn't actually ideal. So we morphed in 2007 into HPR. So we had 300 shows under the first name. And then uh, right now we have, uh, let me check, uh, 3,521 shows. uh, Wow posted yeah i mean this is show 553 which already seems long yeah. to me but to have three thousand shows it sounds amazing I, uh and, and kevin how did you get involved well one of the things that hacker public radio has done is a new year's marathon that runs about 26 hours and hmm. uh yeah it, it basically follows the the stroke of midnight around the globe. Uh, why that takes 26 hours, maybe Ken understands it. I don't. It does. I just it go does, along with actually. it. Yeah. Um, and so I was listening to the program, and uh, a number of people were just talking about how, you know, it's not that hard to do, and, you know, you should contribute shows. And I thought, well, yeah, I could do that. Um, so I got started. And I, I picked something that I was really interested in, which is LibreOffice. Now, I know you've had them on your show yep. before. Yep. Uh, and that was something I was really pretty passionate about. So I did a whole series of uh, tutorials about using LibreOffice that covered uh, Writer, uh, Calc, um, and wow. Um, oh. Was it the uh, presentations? Yeah. And uh, at a certain point, that kind of ran out. And I didn't have anything more to say. So then I started one on ongoing sort of intermittent series on security and privacy. Um, something comes up that it's like, okay, we should do a show about that. Then I'll do a show. I'm working wow. on one right now about better social media. Um you know, I was following Aaron Newcomb on Google Plus, and <laughs> as we all know, Google Plus went bye bye. Yeah, and I had to start thinking. Okay, now what do I really want to do? I, I'm not a fan of Facebook, and um, some friends of mine um, did a, a presentation at a convention about uh, federated social media. And that got me started, and um, so I'm now doing a series uh, looking at what we call the Fediverse, um, uh, different social media like Diaspora, Mastodon, stuff like that. Um, so that's the kind of some stuff that I'm interested in. Yeah, it, it's amazingly easy to do a podcast, or at least record audio about something that you're passionate about. Uh, I think in some ways it's much easier than, say, 
posting an article on Medium because you get to type a lot. <laughs> you know, it's it's pretty easy to grab a mic and, and just start talking yeah. like that. Um, uh, I find that it's uh, it, it's it's simpler for me. So, um, um, and and by the way, your the twenty six hour marathon is because there are time zones on both sides of the date timeline. They're the date line <laughs> that uh, that okay. sort of overlap. But there, so it really makes it about twenty six time zones. I am a time zone geek, by the way. I actually subscribe to the mailing list where they discuss the changes to the Olson database. I mean, that's how time zone geeky I am, and it's amazing okay. how many last minute decisions got made. Because, like, I remember the one time Turkey decided that they were going to suspend DST the following day. I'm thinking, how many phones are going to be wrong tomorrow? Because <laughs> you can't <laughs> update the database that quickly. And and because I, I do shows like this, where I'm talking to people all over the world, uh, you know, Netherlands today, um, where I have to uh, uh, schedule stuff. And it's really weird that, okay, first off, before we get too much into the conversation, we should eliminate DST entirely. Please, please eliminate DST entirely. Because Agreed. it doesn't do anything for anybody. It doesn't do anything. It was never for the farmers. It was strictly some wheezy thing that people could do. But but so I, if I'm scheduling a call, say with the UK, they change the DST two hours or, or, or two weeks differently than we do in the US. Right. And if I'm calling, say Brazil, you know they go backward relative to our forward at, at different times, so it's it's also weird. Anyway, so enough of that. Um, so so what kinds of things does Hacker Public Radio cover? Either of you can take that. Sure. Um, basically, anything that's of interest to hackers, and the only limitation we have when you upload a show is, yeah, we license all our stuff's Creative Commons. So okay. you pick a Creative Commons license and you upload it. And basically, we don't listen to it. We don't check it. If you're a new host, we'll um, some of the janitors, I'm one of them, will just check it in spots to make sure there's nothing uh, weird in there. And if it seems like you're talking about Linux or BSD or connecting up a phone or something, then it's on the network. And that's it. You, you, there's a big upload button on the website. You record your audio, you press that, you fill in the form, and that's it. You pick a day, and uh, your show comes up. I think one of the major problems we have for new listeners is that because we've got basically 51 gigabytes or 53 gigabytes of, of audio, just to give you an idea, if you started listening now, you would be 65 days, 18 hours, and 13 minutes. So you'd be the wow. 3rd of January. 24-7 listening, by which time there'll be 65 more shows ready for you in your pot. So I know there are some long-distance truckers out there going, yes, finally, I've hit the mother load. So uh, if if there are anybody insane enough to go back and listen to the entire feed, could you also try and fill out the tags on the old shows as well and make sure that the <laughs> stuff is relevant for us? That, that would be awesome. It's one way you could help out. Um, but a lot of people struggle with how, how to find out what shows there are there so uh dave one of the janitors uh has been um asking people to fill out the tags on the shows so if you go to uh, on the main page there's a tag section you can look for something interesting there we also have series that um so if somebody contributes uh, three shows or more on a particular topic the newest one recently is bitcoin jijing um then uh then that becomes a series and you can subscribe to that on the rss feed so um 
we do have uh, the full feed, which is the full 53 gigabytes of stuff. But we also have a 10-day feed that goes through. Um, and in order to kind of manage that, some people uh, listen to the community news show, which is put on by uh, some of the volunteers and uh, janitors and myself. And that's once every month. So anyone who listens to HBR is free to join. And we discuss the shows that have been on in the last month, what's happening on the news uh, feeds, on the mailing lists and stuff like that. Uh, any shows that we've been on, for example, this is going to feature heavily in the any other business section. And um, what's turned out is a lot of people have stopped subscribing to the RSS feed and they listen to the, to the community news one and then go back and do a pick and mix on the shows so it's what's ended up happening is we have 50 percent of our uh, listeners listening via the rss feeds and then 50 percent uh either going in directly via the community news feed or picking them because they've subscribed to a particular host so that's the way that's really cool in fact i was just looking at the um uh correspondence i guess you call them uh page and yep. it's pretty interesting to go through there and just see how many. I mean, I can't scroll fast enough. I don't know how many are listed here. It looks like about 100 or 200 correspondents. 358. Wow. 358, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, John, if you can. Uh, oh, perfect timing. Boy, look at that. Um, so if you're watching the video, you can kind of see the the how many people have contributed to this. And it, it's kind of like – I mean it depends on whether you know their their uh, moniker or, or user ID, right, to know who these people are. Some of them use their name. Some of them don't. Um, but when you go through here, it's like a – it's you know, there's just all sorts of people um, who've contributed. And uh, like, like I see uh, Dave Yates in here, for example, right? Host ID 77. And I, yeah. if I remember correctly, Dave was the one who recorded in his car. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Dave used to do this show where he recorded in his car on his way to work. And it was like, dude, how do you do that? <laughs> You're driving to and work. It was so succinct. All his stuff was... Yeah, it was just off the t like I don't know. Maybe he had notes. I can't remember what he told me about how he did it. Maybe he had notes posted on his dashboard. Um, just all kinds of things. Uh, DM Frey was on here. He didn't. He hasn't uh, re recorded since 2012. But I remember speaking to him back in the day. Just, just. I, I mean, it's almost a mm -hmm. who's who of uh, of uh, of people that have have gotten have done gotten involved in podcasting or want to talk about uh, you know anything from open source to technology to uh what have you so i mean it, it really is a different kind of approach um to podcasting um and that's really with, our goal uh, sorry yeah go ahead go ahead kim our goal here is uh, to share knowledge so the whole idea is to get as many people into podcasting as possible and that kind of we're different from most other podcast networks in that we're not looking for host, listeners. We're looking for people to contribute. So we're looking for hosts. So if I get uh, if I get a, a thousand listeners, uh, unless they turn into hosts, I'm, you know, it's not that really that important to me because people with like Dave, life happened and he kind of moved away from the community. He still contributes the show from time to time, but we constantly need new people um, and and just natural. Uh, in the last year, we've had two of our hosts uh, pass away. Um, so, you know, life happens. Um, but if you're if, if you're listening to Floss Weekly and you've always thought, well, I wouldn't mind recording, getting into this podcasting thing, then 
record your show, as uh, Randall said, and then uh, we take care of the rest. All the RSS feeds, you've got a you've got a welcome audience who's very supportive, and uh, you know we, as we say, uh, we'll accept any audio so long as it's uh, we'll accept anything so long as it's audible. Um, now, flack is best, but we'll take the rest. So, uh, um, I you, we realize that on day one you're not going to be reaching uh, Floss Weekly levels of quality with your first podcast. But that doesn't matter. The The whole point is start, stop procrastinating, record a show about something, press the submit button, and then you're a podcaster. And then you can always look back at, ooh, that was a terrible show. And a lot of uh, a lot of people, we're more than happy to help people move on and go do their own shows. And then obviously they have less time for posting on Hacker Public Radio, but that's not the point. The point is to get people into podcasting, get sharing knowledge. Yeah, yeah, it really is a community, isn't it? That's the point, yeah. Yep. Yeah, in fact, I think you, uh, uh, maybe Kevin, you can talk about this a little bit, but, um, you know, how do you, is there a, how do you know what the direction of the of uh, Hacker Public Radio is going? Is it a, a small group of people? Who decides what's going to happen? The people who are contributing, really. I mean, we is have there, a mailing a- list, um, so there's discussions on the mailing list. Um, people, you know, we mentioned we do a monthly um, community news program, um, and that's done on Mumble. Anyone can come in and join. Um, if you have anything to say, you say it. So it's... You know, Ken chooses his words very carefully when he says he's the janitor and not the admin, because that's the kind of ethic we have that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, nobody owns it. No one lays down the law unless it's the entire community. Right. And I think that's what's kind of interesting here is that it really does mirror in a lot of ways the open source community. Right. For mm-hmm. for you don't always have this, uh, you know, commu- the, the governance is set up different ways. But I think here, you know, you really have the fact that this is led by the community and, and what the community wants to submit, what direction they want to see it go forward. Um, it really is a quite a different way to run, um, uh, I guess, a, a podcast network, if you will. Um now, uh, Ken, you said that uh, you don't track necessarily how many uh, – you, you're really after getting people to submit more than you are getting people to listen to the show. But you must do some sort of tracking of how many people download or how many people listen to a particular show, right? Uh, yes, and this is one of the points where uh, my janitor role, I have two hats, me as a host and me as the janitor. So as the janitor, uh, I have accepted the decision that this is something that the community requires. As a host, I will always say that you can't measure the impact of a show by the number of downloads. So taking, for example, recently we've had a comment um, four years after a show has been put in. Um, and the show itself was on somebody's experiences on as a patient within a uh, with schizophrenia uh, in a in a in a in a hospital, um, and the comment on that show was uh, from somebody on the other side, one of the caregivers, who was commenting about how useful the insight that was as an insight into mm. their work and how much that was going to help them. So. Say I, I put up a, a fantastic show and I get a million subscribers. <laughs> that show, 
has had more impact on on actual people's lives. But that said, <laughs> that said, by <laughs> by command, I am required as a janitor to to basically tell you many shows and. It, it's it's kind of weird. We kind of get about fifty percent of our shows. So if you when we post a show, we get about five four thousand downloads of that show. So uh, you'll see all the all these numbers on archive.org. We've moved our uh, RSS feed traffic over to archive.org. Um, but um, equally in a day, fifty percent of the downloads will be historical shows. So it's it's the weirdest thing out. I just can't make head or tail of it. You know, it's. Uh, it's we have the equivalent of um, a day at say um, one of the largest uh, Fostem. So if you, if you've ever been to Fostem, so that's the number of listeners we have on a particular day. But they're not all going to the main show. Some of them are going to you know the side rooms and listening to something that's four or five years old, or or in some cases fourteen years old. So it's uh, mm. I yeah that's. I, that's a that's amazing. I, I did want to ask. Um, uh, you know, I, I know that um, I forgot what my question was. Uh, there was something. Oh, I know what it was. So the uh, uh, when you get old, that happens. You know, I find that happens more and more <laughs> these days. Uh, so the um, you know I've seen over time, and I want to ask you uh, your what you're seeing as well is that suddenly podcasting has taken off. It's kind of like it's gotten a resurgence yeah. in popularity. Yeah. You know, it seemed like it was popular back in the mid 2000s uh, when it first started and then it kind of waned a little bit. And then all of a sudden, you know, everybody's doing a podcast, it seems like. So I'm kind of curious what you've seen over since you span such a long stretch of time, uh, whether you're seeing that in your listenership as well. I th- I see that um, well, as I don't really follow the uh, the download stats because I've got I'm actually too busy trying to keep the queue in order uh, to be worried about that. But um, I have seen people come up to me. So anecdotally, I've seen people come up to me and say, "Hey, I've heard about podcasting and stuff." And then we go, "Okay, yeah, <laughs> here's our uh, here's our network. If you want to submit a show, this is what you can do." But I think it's what's happened is mainstream media has started professionalizing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think is a danger for the free and open source community, which is why I'm really glad of the opportunity of coming on here, because you know we're not on HPR. You're not set to having to do an hour long show precisely or thirty minutes precisely. If what you need to say can be done in three minutes, then you have a three minute show. If you need an eight hour show, then you take the eight hours to do your eight-hour show, or better yet, divide it up and split it up over time. But I am seeing so many people uh, in work now downloading podcast app, uh, podcast app apps and listening to it in the car. Problem is, I, I've also noticed is uh, the national news agency here in the Netherlands don't publish their RSS feed. So the only way you can get to it is via proprietary interfaces. Um, so that that is definitely an issue. 
So I uh, can't let Aaron have all the fun. So uh, I'm going to interrupt here for a bit and ask a few questions. But before we do that, we have a very important message because this episode of Floss Weekly is brought to you by Hover. Hover is a jumping off point for many entrepreneurs, and they want you to start your business with a domain name that truly showcases who you are. Hover has over 300 domain name extensions to choose from when building your brand online. No matter what you want to build, there's a domain name waiting for it. If you're a designer or a creative professional, you can use .design instead of using a generic .com or .biz domain name. By using .design, you're telling everyone exactly what you do. Stand out and brand yourself online with the perfect domain name for you or your business. You'll find excellent technical support available to answer any questions you may have. Their support team doesn't upsell you. They only work hard to help you get online. Hover has free Whois privacy protection a clean and easy-to-navigate UX and UI, uh, monthly sales on popular top-level domains. It's not hard to see why Hover is a popular choice for people starting all kinds of businesses. Keeping your domain name separate from hosting gives you the flexibility to choose the right platform for your business. I'm personally a Hover customer ever since they were a sponsor of Floss Weekly, something like eight years ago, and uh, I have like about 15 domains with them. So uh, I'm really happy with them. I moved all my other domains from other sources over to Hover. So use a domain name that truly represents you and your passion. Visit Hover.com slash twit to get 10% off your first purchase of any domain extension for their entire first year. That's Hover.com slash T-W-I-T for 10% off your domain extension for a full year. And we thank Hover for their support of Floss Weekly. I really appreciate that. Thank you. And let's uh, talk uh, again. Uh, I have a question sort of as uh, Aaron was talking with you guys. What's the most unusual show that you've had on Hacker Public Radio? I know I haven't listened to the 76,000 hours of whatever you have. So uh, tell me, what's, what, what was your most unusual uh, show? No idea. Well, it's a hard I, well, question to know. The one, that's a, the one that was most popular at the that I found most interesting was uh, well, no, I didn't. I find all the shows interesting, but yeah, well, went above and beyond. Obviously, was where one of our chaps uh, went freshwater swimming in France, uh, okay. put on a beanie with an MP3 recorder on his head, and swam down France uh, River down to the weir, passing some wow. fishermen on the side, saying hello, turned. And swam back. Um, that prompted us to open a series called Soundscapes. And we've had <laughs> quite a few people who have submitted shows, which are simply just a walk in the park along rain, you know, listening to the rain, listening to the traffic. It's that, that one I really enjoyed. You know, I, I think that would be a really interesting show because I, there's, there's so much we ignore now. And it, 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 it sort of saddens me that there are people that are walking around with, you know, earphones on all the time, and they're not able to hear sort of the environment that they're in. And there's some really interesting sounds sometimes. Now, on the other hand, if they're listening to Hacker Public Radio on their headset. Or, or Floss Weekly, obviously. <laughs> or Floss Weekly. That could be a good thing, too, but... But it, it's like I, I, I uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I was sitting. Uh, let's see, was it yesterday? No, day before yesterday, I was flying down here from, uh, from San Jose, and I, both of the people next to me, uh, you know, on one flight and then the other, were were like the moment that he sat down. Uh, they're both he's, so I can say it that way. The moment he sat down, um, he he has earbuds in, and I'm going. 
you you know, there's there's stuff going on around here. And first off, you're not supposed to be doing that while they're giving their little talk, the little safety dance thing, you know, the da 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 safety dance, right? You, mm-hmm. you, you're not supposed to be listening to anything when that's going on. But and they were both doing that apparently and just ignoring the safety dance. Um, but but it, I like the idea of a soundscape, and and this again is something that. Um, you don't have to be smart to figure out. It doesn't even have to be a story. It just could be, here's where I am, you know, and here's what I'm doing. Um, uh, 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 Kevin, can you do the same question? Well, um, yeah, there's a, a series going on right now. Um, several people are involved in playtesting an RPG game. That's kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. Um, and I'll mention yep. one of my own. Um, I did a series, and it's ongoing, uh, about taking care of your health. Um, you know, I, I have a few challenges. I'm, you know, for instance, I'm diabetic. Uh, so it's like, what, what things should you do to take care of yourself? Because I think a lot, of, um, a lot of us geeks may have an unhealthy lifestyle if we're not paying attention. Oh, heck yes. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, before I discovered uh, low-carb eating, um, I was definitely like a traditional hacker. Uh, right. Round, round was my shape. <laughs> it was really <laughs> the only shape I had. Well, you know, now that inspires me. It's like, not that I want to be even more hours a week in front of a microphone. I don't mind it. But maybe I could submit a series on what low-carb eating is all about. So that would be sort of fun. Yeah, you don't have to listen to right the in. show to contribute. Yeah, well, but but I might have to subscribe to the show finally, and then kind of see what the tone of the thing is. Um, what about length? What, what are you? What's your target for length, and what's your short and long things? Uh, shorter show has been uh, three minutes. Longer show has been three, uh, more like eight, nine hours. Wow, uh, we could have put the twenty-six hour show. Well, the tricks tw- New Year show is twenty-six hours. But then there's the after show and the pre-show, so sometimes it goes up to 32 or 48 hours. So it's that's the freedom of podcasting, and that's you know in the chaos when podcasting started, there was no restrictions, so you weren't you weren't restricted to the 30 minute slot. But yeah, if if you can say it in five minutes, say it in five minutes. So the sweet spot is about half an hour for most people, 15 minutes to half an hour. But you're not restricted. We don't care. But how does how does diet fit into hacker? Is 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 it, what what's the it, scope of this show? This is if it's of interest to hackers. That is the defin that is the requirement ah. for to get a show on. Which by definition means the person recording is now elite enough to be, call themselves a hacker because they're on Hacker Public Radio. So that's one down. So to make a plural, you need to find somebody else who's interested in the show, and. Myself and the the other people who contribute will always find something interesting. In the 3,521 shows, I have yet to find something that wasn't of interest or new or or made me smile or made me cry um, in one of those shows. So go for it. And, and, yeah. and do you ever get the I, I tend to aim at like uh, 15 to 20 minutes. Works okay. well. Um, I share the 
the sentiment, Randall, that uh, you brought up earlier about shows that just go on and on and on. Yeah. Um, and it seems like a lot of podcasts these days have decided, you know, our, our fans are so desperate for content, we have to record a three-hour show. And I don't like that. And I have unsubscribed yeah. from podcasts because just, okay, it's just going on too long. I, I got things to do with my life. Yeah, and it makes sense of that. Uh, the shows that go on and on that repeat things I've already read in my RSS feeds are, are really useless to me. Uh, so it's it's that's mostly why I've unsubscribed from a lot of shows that I had been listening to religiously early on. And it's also why I make sure that uh, Floss Weekly has unique content, uh, and not just unique content, but we keep it down to an hour. We're very, very interested in making sure that we don't uh, – even if even if the story to fully tell would be two hours, we still just do the first hour of it uh, in, in a newspaper sort of way just because we don't – I don't want to bore my audience. I don't want to – I don't want right. to tell them things that they can find by Googling. You know, So it's, it's really important for me to keep Floss Weekly to be that kind of shortness. Um, uh, got whispered in my ear. Uh, how do you monetize? Um, we don't essentially. Our hosting <laughs> is provided gratis, free by Josh Camp uh, Knapp, who okay. is anhonesthost.com. If I can put in there, he has uh, provided us bandwidth. We also uh, do a lot of our uh, files are stored on the Internet Archive. Um, and so we recommend people contribute to Josh. There's a he, he has a discount code if you want to sign up for there. He, okay. he, I can I can testify to the to the fact he's a host as well, obviously. Um, and then the Internet Archive, we ask people if they have a few shekels that they can throw out there. Um, what we've seen happen is that if we're going, we tend to cover the uh, hallway tracks of festivals and stuff. So um, mm -hmm. if you're going to a festival. I've been to Odd Camp recently and uh, met uh, Dan and Simon. And what we do is just record the uh, the hallway track there and then post to the shows on HPR. So you'll have some of the Odd Camp ones coming up uh, shortly. And, you know, that came out of my pocket. When I arrived there, all the stickers and stuff, there were uh, several people on the table. They had also all brought stickers and posters and banners. So, you know, this stuff, even this... Uh, Coffee cup was contributed by uh, by nice. a host, so it's yeah, it's great. <laughs> Means cool. I don't need to fill out forms or anything and keep track of money. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, very cool, very cool. So we're almost out of time. Uh, we do have a couple of questions from our chat room. Plutonium Shore asks, um, "Is it audio only?" Yes, but uh, if you want to uh, submit a video. Uh, along with it, that's that's you, if you're posting the video on YouTube or somewhere else, then that's absolutely fine. But uh, <coughs> fo focus mostly on the audio. So one of the things I've, I've discovered about uh, uh, having a video channel, which is uh, this show goes out in both video and audio forms, is that people will tend to then like hold up things or talk about something on the screen and I say, look, exactly. remember that most of our audience is audio only. <laughs> you need to you need to describe what you're yeah. holding or, or like that. This and is the first time I've seen this show. Yeah. I've see? listened to it tons. Yeah, true actually. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
so that so that's something to be concerned about is if uh, your guest doesn't know that uh, most of the people that are are listening to the show, um, well, most of the people are listening to the show. I should have put the right pronunciation yep. on that sentence. Yes, most of the people are listening to the show, right? Um, so um, we're almost out of time. Is there anything we didn't cover that you want to make sure our audience is aware of? I know you sent me a long list of questions. I don't think we got to most of those. Uh, no, I think we, well, uh, the, we covered this. questions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and so people can find you at hackerpublicradio.org. And they can yeah, subscribe. That, is, that where, is that where the RSS feed is as well? It's on, somewhere on that yeah, page? Yeah, get chills and you can pick the RSS feed. Um, but if that's blocked for any reason, you can also go to hobbypublicradio.org. Hobby? Hobby, as in hobbyists. Oh, hobby. Oh, that's nice. Yes. Oh, 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 there's the question I wanted to ask. So I get some grief occasionally because I have called myself just another Pearl hacker. Has the yeah. word hacker in your show title ever been grief for you? Yes. Uh, the word hacker and radio has caused us problems. Um, I've I've had where I wanted to do an interview with, with uh, people and they refused to go on because of the word hacker. Um, but then we have the exact same site with the word hacker replaced with hobbyist and mm -hmm. that becomes hobby public radio. So mm. if ever you're blocked on firewalls or anything in your work, first can you email us so that I know about that and I can contact the the team who are blocking it to say this is an educational channel. But it's a lot less now than it was back in the day. And, and have you ever had um, uh, RMS on your show? We have, twice, yes. Once for an interview, and, and uh, I recorded them at one stage. We haven't had Linus yet. Yes, yes. And and did uh, did uh, Richard require you to say <coughs> new Linux? Um, I don't think that was an issue. Uh, he, <laughs> Richard has his requirements for uh, interviews, and the host at the time took care that, that they were all followed. Yes, yes, I, because I... Thought about having him on this show, but I, I I can't come around to saying GNU Linux, especially because uh, Linus is a friend of mine. I play pool with him occasionally, so uh, I don't want to say GNU in front of that. In fact, where was I? I was on a, oh, it was on one of my cruises, and he was one of the guests on a cruise. And I went up to him and I said, "Do you object to GNU Linux?" And he grabbed me and put me in a chokehold <laughs> and said, <laughs> "Yes." <laughs> So, yes, I, I know from, he won't say that in public, but now it's on this recording. So it's it's going to be official from now on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, any anything else we didn't cover that you want to make sure we get covered? Either of you? No. Um, anybody who's listening to this who thinks that they would like to be a um, podcaster or, or then record something, press the upload button. And if you're subscribing to HPR, don't be afraid to press delete on a show if you don't like it. There are lots of shows there. So <laughs> Sounds like ease it. Ease yourself in. Ease yourself in. And if you yeah. are going back listening yeah. to all the shows, please help out with the tags and making sure the stuff is up to date, fixing links and that sort of thing. That would and, be and I just want to mention in yeah. terms of uh, equipment, you don't need uh, a studio like it has or fancy equipment or anything. I have done very successful shows with a Sansa Clip Plus just clipped onto my collar and set to record. And then wow. I just talk. 
you know, I was I was actually just going to ask, uh, can I just take my iPhone, or if you had an Android phone with a Heck microphone, yeah. would that yes. be? Could I just talk into that and, yeah, and, if it's and create a fifteen-minute show, no editing, just do a live stream for fifteen minutes? Yes, if it's audible. Yes, right. So long okay, as we cool. can understand um, what you're saying, that's it. It it won't end up being live in the sense no. that whatever you record becomes a file that then gets sent out on the RSS feed. Right, right. Uh, oh, Aaron has one more question. Go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, yeah. if you don't mind me, I was just c- kind of curious, too, uh, in the same vein. I mean, what about archive material? Um, I-, I know that a lot of times things things that are relevant in, you know, like right now are, mm-hmm. are, are interesting to listen to. But I know I've got some recordings. For example, I was thinking of my recording with um, Doug McElroy, who was – uh, you know, a manager at AT and T over Dennis Ritchie and Ken Thompson when they were creating Unix, for example. I've got a right. recording of him at Ohio Linux Fest. Uh, that yep. in perpetuity, I think, would be interesting. So, is that okay? Absolutely. We have a general. Um, we do like content created for HPR, but if uh, so, our general guideline is if you have. If you want to promote your own podcast, we'll take a sample episode and put that on and say, hey, there's a new podcast out and about. Here are the, all the RSS feeds for that. But if you've got uh, interviews and stuff like that that, that haven't been published anywhere or that you want to make them available um, outside the feed, then, yeah, that's that should be fine. Cool. And and how much of a backlog do you have? Um, are you, I have eight shows currently scheduled, which makes me <laughs> pleased to no end. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's more than we normally I, have. Uh, one, what, what kind of a backlog do you have? So we have about uh, 28 shows in the queue at the minute, but that can change. We, we suffer from the leaky bucket um, syndrome. And you have to remember that HPR is very long term. So the first time I got feedback on any show was six years after I'd recorded it. And the feedback wow. was, oh, Ubuntu doesn't work like that anymore. And I go, yeah, that's because they fixed it in the six years since you listened to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like I like to say that Floss Weekly is not a news show. It's a it's a magazine exactly. show where we, yeah. we, we have uh, timeless content and people are still downloading some of our early uh, back catalog, and we refer to our back catalog just because it's the kinds of things that aren't, um, you know, aren't like this month. Or it, I love it when I get a press release from uh, one of the press uh, companies that says uh, we have an embargo till next Friday, and I go, fine, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> this thing won't even yeah. be in my show feed until like twelve weeks from now, so I don't care. So yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, uh, so that's that's really good. Okay, two final questions for both of you, um, because if I don't ask them, my audience will yell at me. What's your favorite programming language, and what is your favorite text editor? We'll start with uh, Kevin. Well, uh, I am actually not a programmer, so the oh. closest I can come for a programming language would probably be uh, JavaScript. Okay, or I was going to say COBOL, because it's like English. But okay. uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, uh, I was an IT project manager, uh, ah. so I had programmers working for me, but, yeah. uh, you know, uh, I, a man's got to know his limitations, as Clint Eastwood famously said. Uh, yes. For my text editor, uh, the one I use more than anything is Kate, because I, I like KDE, and it comes with it. 
Ah, I don't know that one because I don't have an X desktop, so I have no idea what these things are that you guys talk about, but that's fine. Uh, same two questions, Ken? Uh, on any given day, it will either be Bash, Perl, or Python. You said Perl, um, though. You said Perl. Yep. I heard yeah. Perl in there. Yes, thank you. I, I love <laughs> hanging out with the Perl people over at uh, Fos, Fostem. So nice. Great people nice. over there. And, and your text editor? Uh, Kate as well. Yeah, Katie. All right. All right. All right. Kate. All right. Well, hey, guys, it's been wonderful having you on. I may actually have to subscribe to this, although, again, I have limited hours in the day. And if this thing comes out five days a week, I think that might be a little more than I can handle in my days. But we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a run. Um, and I may even submit some little things about uh, uh, low-carb eating because I'm very excited about that for the seven years that I've been doing it. And uh, uh, it is apropos to the hacker culture because it makes hackers uh, less round. <laughs> That's always going to happen. And more healthy. More healthy is a good thing. It's not just about being less round. It's about being more healthy. Uh, um, okay. Well, then I guess we're ready to say uh, thank you all for being on the show, Kevin and Ken. Thank you. Thank you very much for having us. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right. That was uh, Kevin O'Brien and Ken Fallon talking to us about Hacker Public Radio, which you should definitely check out at HackerPublicRadio.org. What did you think there, Aaron? Oh, it's great to talk to those guys. Uh, I remember meeting Kevin at Ohio Linux Fest a number of years ago um, when I when I used to live in Ohio and would go up there and do my show uh, at the source from up there and interview mm -hmm. folks and stuff. It was great. Um, no, no it, I think it's really important and uh, to have – uh, an outlet. I mean, similar to Floss Weekly, but um, an outlet for people that want to create content that maybe is a little bit out of the mainstream or right. wouldn't necessarily have a place to live otherwise. And to, and and you know, I love what Ken said early on about, and they both said this as as we were talking about encouraging people just you know pick up a microphone or even a phone uh, and just start recording and submit that because people you're, you're sharing information with the broader community. And anytime you do that, it's worthwhile. So, um, you know, I love that they have that as their mantra. It's not about necessarily making tons of money or, um, you, you know, gaining popularity and all that kind of stuff, right? It's about sharing knowledge and providing a platform where people can talk about these things that we all enjoy talking about and uh, learning something new. So, I mean, I, I think it's great. Um, glad we were able to have them on because it's always nice to talk to to fellow podcasters anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly we know some of the issues they face, so it's great to yes. ask about those issues because it's like, uh, you know, here I am week by week producing this show and there are a lot of things that I have to worry about including as I just mentioned at the end of the show it's like I like to have you know some 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 shows in the queue because otherwise I'm like hey what do we do so yeah um, and so it's 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 very nice to uh, uh, and do that and I'm thinking you know I'm thinking like about every three weeks I could have published something to um, the the subreddit today I learned. And yeah. because it's like you come up with you, you go, oh, this combination of these these things. And it's generally for me, it's about hacker things. It's about some sort of, you know, computational thing that I uh, I didn't know before. And I'm now I'm thinking I could just grab a mic 
on my phone even because it doesn't have to be the fancy uh, uh, Yeti Nano that I'm speaking into now. But it, it just be a, you know grab grab my phone and and read that into the phone, and I would have a show that I could submit to them. And and so I'm I'm like okay, well this sounds kind of cool. I, I like I said I may have to subscribe to this now. Yeah, for sure. I'm yeah, not, I, I know. I've, sorry, I've combed bad handoff. No, yeah, no, no, that's okay. I, I know I've combed through the archives uh, several several times to find something uh, or something has come up where I've wanted to listen to it. Or like I say, I mean, just, you know, for, for those of us that have been in podcasting a while, just especially in the open source community, just kind of going through and seeing the contributors is kind of interesting uh, to see who's, who's contributed over time and uh, kind of brings back memories at this point. You know, it's hard to believe that they've been going for this long. So kudos to them. Yeah. And, and there's no way I'm listening to the entire back catalog. It's <laughs> going to be <laughs> way too huge. Of course, I've got to say that I bet Floss Weekly's back catalog, because this is show 553, I think it is. Um, if you listen to all 500 hours would be quite a ways. Um, so uh, I, I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of having been involved with almost all of it, except for the first 17 shows. Um, but uh, it's been interesting. It's definitely been interesting. I keep enjoying doing the show. I can see why these guys have the motivation to keep moving forward, uh, just because it, it, it's wonderful to be able to share information with an audience, to be able to uh, hopefully believe, at least, that you're changing, transforming somehow the way that they're doing interactions with um, whatever they're interacting with being hackers. So uh, very cool. So uh, we're almost out of time. So let me uh, go through the upcoming list, which is longer and longer every week, which is great. Um, next week is Hot Rock, which is uh, described itself as uh, Hot Rock seeks to address the challenge of transforming raw logs, alerts, and time series data you do real intelligence without the traditional limitations of scale, extensibility, or high cost. That sounds like fun. And in fact, something maybe even that uh, ZipRecruiter could use, my primary client. Uh, Kong is coming back. It's a next-generation API platform for multi-cloud and hybrid organizations. And then I'm guessing it's a French word, chez-moi, C-H-E-Z-M-O-I. I bet that's a pronounced French-like. It uh, helps you manage your personal configuration files and dot files across multiple machines. LS Quick, which is Lightspeed Quick, Q-U-I-C. Library is an open source implementation of Quick and HTTP3 functionality for servers and clients. XWiki is, uh, see, first-generation wikis are used to collaborate on content. Second-generation wikis uh, are can be used to create collaborative web applications. Uh, XWiki can be used as either first-generation wiki or second-generation one um, and uh, Yugabyte, which is a huge uh, cluster distributed database uh, with global scale, which was fun. I said last week that they were a Postgres database. That's actually coming soon. They're actually now uh, uh, looking at uh, uh, other protocols first. Uh, Rollastream. I said it wrong again. Rollastream is a virtual tabletop software. It helps you manage your tabletop role-playing games with remote friends and players, provides many features to share maps, pictures, and it also includes tools to communicate with other friends and players. Uh, just added to the schedule is Titan. Titan makes it easy to run your favorite database in a Docker container on your laptop, but with the power of versioning the underlying data. Think of it as um, 
Git for data. That sounds really fun. Uh, just got added. Uh, uh, to find out all the upcoming guests as we add them, go to twitch.tv slash floss, which is the homepage for this show. If you have any other suggestions, please tell the project leader or community coordinator to email me, Merlin at Stonehenge.com. Uh, that email address is on that page. So I get plenty of spam. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's my, I've had the same email address since, since the mid nineties. So I get plenty of spam. We have a live stream at 9.30 a.m. Pacific time on Wednesdays at live.twit.tv. Keep in mind that that uh, daylight saving time changes with the U.S. time. So even though Europe already moved and uh, Mexico already moved and a bunch of the rest of the world already moved, we don't change until this weekend, I think it is, coming up. Um, we have uh, – follow us at, at Foss Weekly on Twitter. We can follow me at, at Merlin, M-E-R-L-Y-N, on Twitter. Uh, you can join us at the forum at twit.community. That's the domain name, twit.community. I was just at the Google Developer Expert GDE Worldwide Summit. Met uh, 300 of my fellow GDEs and about 100 Googlers there. Found out some really cool stuff that I can't talk about because we're under an NDA. But it was wonderful. And I tell you, there's some amazing stuff coming up on Flutter, on Google Maps, on um, uh, machine learning. A bunch of really cool stuff coming up. And that's all I'm allowed to say. So that's it for that. I have nothing else I have on my short-term radar. Uh, uh, Aaron, you got things to plug? Uh, yeah, there's a couple of quick things. So there's some big cloud conferences coming up, uh, which I will be attending for my work, which is AppDynamics. Thank you, AppDynamics, for letting me have a few hours this morning to do Floss Weekly. Um, so there's uh, Microsoft Ignite in Orlando, which is like next week, I think. And uh, so I'll be there all week uh, for work. But if you want to reach out and say hi or whatever, uh, you know, either hit me up on Twitter or something. I'll try to – I'm going to be on – I'm going to be really busy talking to customers and in the booth and doing all kinds of things. But I'm happy to meet people there. And then also uh, similarly with AWS reInvent in December – uh, I'll be there as well. So if you're going to be at one of those conferences and you want to just say hi or uh, whatever, uh, let me know. I'll try to try to make time to meet you somewhere um, on the show floor. Um, and, uh, you know, Christmas is just around the corner or whatever holiday you celebrate. Um, so you can also uh, pick up my book, Linux for Makers, uh, wherever better books are sold or something like that. Um, and last but not least, you know, there are a, a lot of fires around. I just want to say uh, in California here, um, we're kind of going through it right now, fire season. So uh, I just want to say we're, we're thinking about all those folks that are struggling right now, either being evacuated or without power. Um, yeah. It's tough around here. But uh, uh, in fact, even this show was kind of in the air, whether there'd be power to do the show. So I just want to say, you know, kind of in wrapping up that, uh, uh, you know, I hope every, I wish everyone the best as uh, as they're struggling with the fire season here, which has been pretty bad this year. Yeah, something like 200,000 people are now under forced evacuation. And that's that's huge. I, I don't know how that compares with last year's Paradise Fire, fire but still, it's like, wow. Um, I, I, I can't imagine that. And, uh, I, I love the fact that like the Airbnb hosts are opening up their homes to uh, to people, giving priority to uh, to the people that are displaced. So I'm, I'm really happy for that. Um, and then people want to get rid of Airbnb. That's so silly. Anyway, um, <coughs> Aaron, thanks for um, – now I'm going to be coughing um, – Aaron, thanks for coming on today's show at sort of the last minute, I think, actually. But uh, you said yes, and 
therefore you're on. So um, thanks for uh, uh, being a fellow podcaster, able to ask questions of other fellow podcasters. Yeah, no, it's great that we've all kind of everyone on the show today has been doing this basically since the same time frame, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of it's kind of like a reunion of sorts. So glad to be here. In in a sense, yes, yeah, definitely cool. Um, cool, and uh, um, and and I, I I second what you were saying about the the, the fire. So it's tough. This is this is I, I don't know why the fires are bigger now. And uh, as one of my coworkers said uh, a couple of days ago in one of the chat rooms, he said, uh, uh, well. They said, I have no idea what it was he or she, um, said, uh, uh, we're, we're not looking forward to the first big rain because generally what happens with right. the fire is it burns out all of the stuff that slows the stuff coming down the hill. And we're going to get mudslides that are going to be insane. Um, yeah. You know, especially now, this year, the, the fires are coming down uh, the 405 almost all the way to uh, my coworkers in, in Santa Monica. I mean, they're they're feeling the smoke. They're... Um, you know, they're seeing it right out the front window. You know, it's, it's like uh, I, I've got to be there in three weeks for our all hands uh, yearly or uh, semi annually, semi annual meeting. And I'm like, wow. So uh, I hope that yeah. all gets sorted out by then because I don't yeah, want to let's down, hope so. be in the middle of yeah. fire. And hey, s- hey, one more slide. thing, Randall. Uh, Go ahead. If, if, one more thing I forgot to plug, which is I just saw on the chat that Ohio Linux Fest, which we mentioned a couple of times, is actually this coming weekend. Uh, wow. I think it's still in Columbus. So if you live in Ohio, if you're around, we should give them a plug. Uh, it's a great conference, uh, lots of great speakers. Uh, so if you're if you're interested in open source or or Linux, which you must be if you're listening to the show, uh, <laughs> go check out Ohio Linux Fest in uh, Columbus this weekend. I'm sure you can yeah. still sign up and get. Uh, well, and also, I, I think it's a it's a relatively cheap conference, which is a nice thing. Yeah. And although I haven't paid for a conference in years, so I have no idea what anything costs anymore. Um, but uh, I I think I've been there twice, maybe three times, twice at least twice. So yeah, and it was an excellent conference. Uh, it was originally sort of um, co uh, sponsored, not sponsored, but like uh, co organized by the people that do scale. So that was kind of nice to see that go across. Anyway, hey, we're out of time. Got to go. We'll see you all again next week on Floss Weekly. Listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.